Welcome to this, the final of the Gates of Grief series as we consider Francis Weller's Five Gates of Grief. Today we look at the Gate of Ancestral Grief as we conclude this five-part series. One of the things that we sometimes need to grieve that Francis Weller spells out to us is the need to grieve and to experience the grief of our ancestors. Uh, we've spoken about how everything you love you'll lose, um, the parts of you that haven't been loved, um, the, the sorrows of the world, the things that we came to expect weren't, weren't given, and, and here is a new dimension. Um, so not only did we expect things that we weren't given, but there's also this deep sense of of grief of that which is our legacy right now and as a parent um, as a uh, an ancestor in the making as it were I, I have a sense of grief um, for my children and my grandchild in that I am not leaving the world as wonderful as it was when it was given to me um, but sometimes I also have to look back and acknowledge that it wasn't that wonderful the world that I was given anyway. And so that is what ancestral grief is about. The recognition that, that not only do I carry within myself the DNA of my ancestors going all the way back to the beginning of time, not only do I carry the consciousness of my ancestors and the collective unconsciousness of humanity, which is currently being pegged at uh, consciousness arising, they keep pushing it back, now, the, something I read this week suggests maybe five million years back, um, we're never going to know exactly. But, but living in South Africa or Southern Africa as, as I do, one, one recognizes that none of us actually originated from here. I mean, there is a strong sense that maybe um, the, the, the first humanoids maybe did, or hominids, did actually work, walk out from somewhere around here or the Great Rift Valley. There's a big debate about that out of Africa, certainly. But in this particular part of the world, if um, I'm talking here about on the southern tip of Africa where Port Elizabeth is, if you were not Khoisan, in other words, those original hunter-gatherers, um, that lived along the coastline. If you're not from Khoisan DNA, then all of us have arrived here as the result of some kind of migration. It was either the expansion of other tribes, militant uh, further north that drove some of the, the current inhab inhabitants to uh, be here. For example, um, the dominant Khoza tribe that live in, in Port Elizabeth, um, were pushed down by the expansion by Shaka Zulu. So we arrived here, um, they arrived here, the Khoza arrived here as a result of displacement and migration and the aggression of others. Um, others of us, like myself, arrived here as Dutch or British or German settlers sent out by the colonial powers um, to come and establish a foothold here, to, to spread Christianity, to spread education, basically to colonize. Um, and, and here I am, a fifth or sixth generation uh, British-German settler, um, 
that is my ancestry. And, and so one has to also just feel what it must have felt like to be um, those people who came here, those people who were displaced to come here. For example, the settlers who came um, would have had hopes and would have had dreams, um, but they also would have come with deep grief because they would have left family behind, they would have left legacy behind, um, they, they might have come here because of something bad that had happened. The, the original woods settler who came to this country wasn't a settler per se, he was an indentured servant, which means he had done something wrong in the home country and had to come and serve out his servitude um, here and it was only 12 years after he got here that he was a free man having served whatever it was that had put him here. So, so with that would have come guilt, maybe shame, maybe grief um, and it's all that that is bundled up in this idea of ancestral grief. Um, what is rooted, what is the gift they have given us that along with our DNA and our genetics and how we look, um, what is the grief that they carried that we, has also been transmitted to us? Um, many people watching uh, me speak here would believe that there is some life after this, after this, um, a heaven or a, um, a Valhalla, um, a Xanadu perhaps, some, some place where at the end of this life or in the incarnation into the next life there will be more wisdom, more understanding and in certain religions, certainly in the Christian religion there's this idea of when in heaven there is perfect understanding and perfect insight. And I like to play with that notion when I'm doing these workshops with groups on the five gates of grief and we're talking about ancestral grief. Because what I, I like to play with and perhaps you'd like to think about this is imagine one of your ancestors or your ancestors in general being in this place of perfection, being in heaven or Xanadu or Valhalla or um, Nirvana or wherever that is. Um, and, and in that place we believe they have perfect insight, they have perfect understanding and therefore understanding of the mistakes that they made and the things that were wrong in the legacy that they left us. And then I invite participants to write a letter to their modern selves, to their current selves, from one of those ancestors. Imagine one of those, you are one of those ancestors writing a letter. What are the things that you would want to apologize for? Perhaps one of the first things one would apologize for as an ancestor handing on this ancestral grief are of some of the many untruths, those untruths that, that we drank in with our mother's milk. And it is a task of every generation to, to examine the things that we were raised with, including the values, and to say, is that still true today? Or has that been proved by time to be uncouth and untrue? Um, I was born in the heyday of apartheid. I was born white in South Africa. I have had to undo the conditioning of that system in my own life and grieve with the ancestors that they got that wrong.
The same might go about um, attitudes towards women. Um, it could go around a whole lot of things and I'll, I'll unpack some of those in a few moments. But, but before we do that, just on this score of, of ancestral grief, I want to caution that sometimes it's too easy to be clever after the effect, effect in judging history. I know right now that colonialism was dreadful. Colonialism um, destroyed so many cultures, so many languages, the fabric of so many societies. Yes, it was terrible. Were the colonists terrible people? Were they wrong? Yes. Were they intentionally evil? I don't know. And, and when I'm working in therapy with clients, and they're being very judgmental about things that have happened in their past, I, I have this rather convoluted saying, and I, and I need you to stay with me as I go through it. But this same convoluted saying, I think, applies to this idea of ancestral grief. What I say to a person who's judging past mistakes, I say to them, don't judge what you did then by the standards that you know now. Don't judge what you did then by what you know now. Because, and this is obvious, you didn't know then what you know now. When you did the thing that you want to judge now. You didn't know what you know now when you did what you did then. And, and here's the hidden, more hidden part of it. And if you hadn't done what you did then, you wouldn't know what you know now. Convoluted, I know. Don't judge what you did then by what you know now because you didn't know then what you know now. And if you hadn't have done then what you did then, you wouldn't know what you know now. Now that is true in our own lives. Wisdom comes at the expense of failure. We only learn from making mistakes. Can we expand that towards our ancestors? Can we find the grace to look at them and say, yes, you were wrong, yes, you made mistakes. And we'll unpack some of those mistakes now. But let's just be aware that they didn't know when they did what they did then, what we know now. They gave us a legacy of different values. There were different attitudes to, to violence. I grew up and one of my earliest gifts as a, as a young primary school child was a pellet gun. And there was a pride in going out and shooting birds with my pellet gun. Something I'm deeply embarrassed about now. I would not give my children guns um, and they grew up without learning to shoot a pellet gun. And are they less manly or human than me? I don't know. They can answer. There were attitudes that we were born into from our ancestors and the attitudes about sexism. That men were superior and men were dominant and men took charge. There were attitudes of racism as I've already mentioned. There was the exploitation of women and children. Um, women stayed at home, um, children were often used and as, as functionaries and never became quite human until they, they could participate intelligently and were just there to serve adults. Yet the worst cases were, were child labor societies. 
the way we treated the earth in general there was none of the ecological sensitivity we have today and, and part of the consequence of where we are today are because of the, the, th the things that our ancestors do and the attitudes that they held and, and we must grieve that uh, they had ideas about corporal punishment spare the rod and spoil the child they said I wouldn't want to have that back and, and so part of what we have to recognize is is that they made mistakes one of the most classic ones is is their attitude to smoking of tobacco it was considered and promoted and there there are adverts to be found um, on Google in the archives of of uh, cigarette smoking being promoted as something healthy medical doctors promoting tobacco smoking because we didn't know the link between tobacco smoking and cancer now uh, you smoke at your peril and life's become very difficult for smokers in, in many cultures um, don't judge what you did then by what you know now but at the same time we need to mourn the ancestral legacy uh, of what tobacco smoking did when it was part of what our ancestors regarded as manly and so there is this ancestral grief the misconceptions the errors or deliberate strategies that have scarred our collective unconscious made slaves of us either by ideology or in fact transplanted nations african-americans shipped out of africa settlers sent into africa um, and and never quite assimilating what it means to be african in africa this is all part of of our ancestral grief but if I can just pull it a little tighter again, um, back to our own families of origin, sometimes we need to grieve, as part of ancestral grief, the fact that our lives were interrupted whilst our parents tried to live out their unfinished business in our life. Carl Jung wrote, the greatest burden a child can bear is the unlived life of its parents. The greatest burden a child can bear is the unlived life of its parents. So often children's lives cannot begin until the parent has first lived out their unlived life in the child. And often at great cost to the child. Um, the person who wasn't given the opportunity to study might become obsessed with making their children into great academics. Um, thwarted artists, ballerinas, business people, um, people whose dreams were crushed and then projected them onto their children and wanted their children to become mini-me's. So that is part of the ancestral grief that we have. And so all these deep ancestral memories invite us to spend a moment just acknowledging that, that who we are has been formed by what has been given us. As one person says, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, yes, we can see further because we have been given that wisdom and height. We can look back and see the mistakes. 
but also we have been in many ways thwarted and so we need to grieve that as well. How we grieve it is a matter of creating the space in whatever ritual is useful. Writing a letter from an ancestor to yourself, a letter of apology. Maybe a letter apologizing to the ancestors for the way we have disregarded some of the things that they had that were good, that weren't negative. Some of their values that we have, we have sacrificed in our pursuit of materialism and consumerism. I think it's a two-way street. The apologies can flow both ways. The grief for the ancestors and their grief for us might be a useful place for us to learn to mourn and to integrate that we all are part of one collective humanity. And so as we come to the end, having passed through the five gates of grief, we now know that everything we love we will lose. We know that there are parts of us that did not know love. We feel the sorrows of the world and of the planet. We recognize that we expected certain things and they weren't given us. And we recognize that there is grief from what our ancestors left us of bigotry and mistake and what we have lost that they gave us of values and deep meaningful things that we have given up as we have chased after the wind. So thank you once again for your attention and may you know deep peace as you come to pass through these gates of grief and find integration in your life. Thank you.